Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Lodge 49. Uh, welcome back to streaming in place. Uh, this is, we're still in whatever week it was last time. <laughs> Who cares? I don't know. Um, and we are still talking about Lodge 49. This episode is called The Mysteries. Uh, and I'm so excited because you know what? It's mysteries time. I want to know which of us was right adjacent with our guesses. I was right adjacent. I think we were both right adjacent. I don't know. Tell me how. Please, please. Okay. Noel was right adjacent because of, you know, investigating things happening at Orbis, but right. not not I our line wrong. cook and yeah. Liz, but but with the line cook, well, he's not really investigating, but with Dud. Yeah. Uh, and I was mm-hmm. right adjacent by being like, the mysteries is this, like, lore in the lodge. I just had the people wrong, thinking it was going to be Dudley, when it's actually Ernie who is going on that journey a little bit instead. So I think we were both yeah, like... Yeah, I guess you are both right adjacent. Yeah. Called ish for both of you. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. anticipate many of those for myself, so I'm going to enjoy this one. And I also get a completely flat wrong because of those stupid goddamn flashbacks putting a big hole in my Larry is dud theory. I'm just like, sons of bitches. (laughs) Yeah. And like, right, like at the episode after you guessed it, right? They're like, "Mm -mm, no, we gotta squash that. No, not, not a thing. But apparently time travel is happening, maybe because I have questions about that. (laughs) Well, I'm very excited to hear all of your questions. And I have a feeling this discussion might be a little, um, (laughs) like punchier than they usually are because there's so much to this episode and it at least for me this is the second time I've seen it now and it's the second time that seeing it made me immediately want to talk to anybody else that I could find about it because it is so wild and cool and there's so much that goes on and it's so moving too like it's just um it's really it's really something else I think um So I'm excited to hear what you guys think about it. But we have to start with the most important detail, which is whether or not you think Dud coming back for his stuff was just the paper towels. Yes, it was just the paper towels. It was it was almost as good as Liz just appearing in the kitchen after he comes home Mm -hmm. uh, and she's exited the refrigerator. Uh, But yes, Mm -hmm. that is that is the entire reason he came back was just for those paper towels. And it was it. I cackled. I cackled a lot. <laughs> I didn't cackle Good. as much as I did at something else that happens later in the episode, which was a cackle followed by, oh, no, <laughs> and then, oh, no, but that made me laugh a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I assume I assume we're talking about uh, Liz's stint in, um, I don't know, medieval sporting. What is she supposed to be, a Viking? What is she, is it a strongman competition that she's watching? Norwegian, Scandinavian, strongman type stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Something. It's all core strength. Um, I, it's all core strength. It's all core strength. Uh, I assume that, no, that might be what you cackled about. That Yeah, and my partner was upstairs doing, like, her job while I was watching that episode. And she just heard me, like, say, oh, no! twice really quickly um but did not come downstairs to investigate to see if i personally was okay just stayed up and kept working because she's a professional who cares about me just not during business hours that's not true she cares about me during business hours as well but she knew from the tone of my voice that everything was fine (laughs) yeah it's i mean it is a it is a shocking moment I like that they immediately, like, the timing of it is what really works for me. And the the second, like, it would be, like, like kind of standard if they just did the, the mirror. But then the 
<laughs> the cut to the other the table is just really it's really funny because because I'm not worried about Liz being physically okay on this show. I have no worries about that, um, and so I could just enjoy. <laughs> yeah, so I good. think they do a really nice job of making it of making the potential severity of both of these injuries clear without actually making you fear for Liz in a physical sense. Yeah, like you don't think she's going to sit up from having fallen on the glass table with a giant shard sticking out of her stomach. Although, you know what? If a show was going to do that, it might be Lodge 49. It's one of the least predictable TV shows I've ever seen. It's just all over the map. Like, you're just watching and all of a sudden, stars water. Like, what? It, like, what? I God bless it. I love it so much. Yeah. Um, so what should we talk about the mysteries given you know all of the mystery yeah. there are so many mysteries where is there a mystery we should start with well i the mystery that i'm starting with is whether or not any of that this is supposed to be real cuz i don't think it is but mm. i think that the show wants us to like our knowledge that we're watching a show makes it likelier for us to, to buy in because it's the kind of thing a show like this would do and it makes complete sense in the context of this show. Um, and so maybe it is real. But uh, I think that they do a good job of very much putting us with Ernie. Um, I look forward to being excited to discover that there is an element of, of truth to it. Uh, or at least there are a bunch of people think it's real. Like, Larry thinks it's real. That bus driver thinks it's real. Like, there's, there's a bunch of people who think it's real. But... I don't think it's real at all. And so I get to just enjoy it uh, instead of worrying about it or wondering about it. And just the, and again, I thought they did a good job of finding the tone between, oh, this is so sad that Larry and these other people, something has caused them to get to a point where they are believing these ridiculous conspiracy theories um, and like these, these obviously not real things, and their reason for believing it is the very threadbare. Well, the more preposterous it sounds, the better the the defenses, and that's the kind of thing that you know you've read before in other fiction. It's a really really safe go to. But um, between oh, this is so sad that they are all delusional, and well, this is obviously not, uh, this is obviously the case, and poor Ernie is, you know, is too limited in his thinking, man. I thought they, they I was able to enjoy that without feeling sorry for, or it ha- the show wasn't taking any pity on Larry. Uh, and I think that that's an important tonal thing to hit, especially in his last episode. Theoretically, I assume yeah. his last episode. Well, his last, I don't remember to tell you the truth, but um, certainly his last episode as a non-corpse, yeah. unless there's a mystery a that I've it's completely a blanked. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. It's, it's a mummy. <laughs> oh, listeners, um, it's a punchy show. <laughs> it's a very punchy show. I mean, it's a punchy episode, yeah. so it makes sense that we would be punchy in yeah. return. While we're talking about Larry, let's talk about Kenneth Welsh, because I think, who plays Larry, um... Because I think he is just outstanding in this episode. There's this incredible ambiguity that sort of places him between, as I'm sure a lot of you listening um, know someone in your life with Alzheimer's or dementia or some other sort of um, uh, illness that affects their mental faculties in a profound way. And you can see in some of the things that Larry does, not just in this episode, but previous to that. I, I mean, I at least saw things that 
were familiar to me. Um, but uh, on the other hand, he has these incredibly lucid moments. We don't actually really know what's going on with the true lodge and the scrolls and all of this stuff. Um, intentionally mysterious and who knows from where it all springs. Uh, but it's all rooted in this like beautiful, absurd, joyful, grieving place that he plays so frankly. I just think it's a terrific performance. And that shot, when he turns around and sees the dragon, I think about it all the time. Like, that is one of the images from this show that has really lingered with me. I found it so affecting. What was your response to to Larry and to that performance in this episode? Yeah, I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head there, Allison. Um he does really strike that balance and the point that Kate just made is that the show both in its writing but also in how it how it frames Larry um in particular um like he's not really shot from like a low angle or high angle he's on the same playing he's on the same level as Ernie is um which visually gives us that same degree of weight um, and while it may be in a sense of, I believe that you believe it, as Ernie says to him, it still lends a aesthetic legitimacy to Larry's perspective that any other kind of framing could potentially undermine or overmine, depending on what they want us to feel or think. Um, so by both Welsh's performance and the ways in which the show crafts the um, cinematography and the mise-en-scene around him, we get a really firm sense of, yeah, it could be real. Maybe it is real. And, I mean, we don't know anything about El Confidente, um, which I assume is the captain. I'm going to take a long sip of water here. (laughs) I'm right. Um, I'm I'm just thirsty. Yeah, like sincerely, live in live in the mysteries. Yeah, live in the mysteries. Um, but I I I really appreciate the fact that the show gives both its character in Larry, but also its audience that space. And we've been primed by Dud to kind of buy into all of this as well, even as people around him kind of push back on it because Duds are a surrogate. Um, along with Liz to a certain extent, um, in her own particular way, there's that space for play and that space for, as you've talked about, Allison, the not so magical realism of the show, um, and the ways in which that gets really slippery, both for an audience, but also for people in the narrative. And so I'm really liking how that's playing out. I kind of disagree with Kate to a degree is I legitimately do think that there are scrolls. Whether or not they actually do anything, I think is debatable. Um, but I legitimately do think that people have scrolls of some kind that they think does this kind of thing. I'm curious um, if we're on yeah. the same page. Those scrolls yeah. are in that uh, the, the case that the guy brought in, who is definitely not British. <laughs> Um, possibly. I didn't think about that. Um, I didn't think about it as the scrolls. I just thought about it as a suitcase. But that's a that's a good read. I like that. <laughs> uh, while we're on the subject of Larry, uh, can we give it up for the casting department? Because the tiny child mm-hmm. that they found to play young Larry. Really good. 
really uncanny, mm-hmm. like r- uncanny. And it's uh, it's just something about the eyes, like the distance and the way in which they're deep set. And then it's also just like a really good kid performance. Mm-hmm. But yeah. He's what so a, angry I, I'm and I love it. <laughs> so angry. And I feel like we get an interesting echo of his anger when um, when we're on our transatlantic flight. Um <laughs> with the uh, traumatic Bloody Mary and whatever. That's why you never get a Bloody Mary on a plane. It's clear liquors the entire time. <laughs> I'm a coffee person. Oh, but... gosh, you're just tempting fate. See, and yeah, I go for the cranberry juice. That's what I go for, mm. even though it's, sometimes it's you're too really sweet. They're very, yeah, very addicting. Um, okay, so now do we rank our our airplane beverage? Yes, for obviously, clearly, we, we follow the mysteries. We follow where the mysteries lead. Number one, coffee with Bailey's. Sure, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Number two, sparkling water. Don't ever get regular water because sometimes they're not particularly hygienic about ice on airplanes. So um, don't get water just from them, and don't use the ice. Uh, get a little thing of water. Um, three ginger ale with or without whiskey. Those are my top three. No. Yeah. So, I mean, I always bring my own water on flights, so I never worry about that. And I always ask for no ice for the exact reason you just enumerated. I've had to clean ice machines before. And no, no one cleans ice machines. Um, and then, so I normally do, so I have my own water, um, ginger ale of some kind. Um, if I'm, a, if I feel like paying for gin, I will get ginger ale. I will get ginger ale and gin. Um, but then normally some kinds of juice as well. So orange juice or, um, cranberry, sometimes it is too sweet and then you just nurse it Uh, or I dilute it with a little of my own water. Um, but yeah, that's, those are basically what I drink. Um, since I barely drink any sort of colas and I don't really drink many other alcohols. I never get wine on planes because that's ridiculous. Why, why would I get wine on a plane? I like how that's the line. Of course yeah, not. Yeah, no. No, because, I mean, the oxidization's just going to be all weird, right? Yeah, like, I mean, you have... really, your palate is useless, so why would you? Yeah. yeah, and I mean, like, you need to let some of that wine breathe. I don't care if it's Sutter House. You need to let it breathe. And <laughs> too many other people are breathing on a plane. And also, remember when we could get on planes? I don't. Yeah. <sighs> um, so I haven't considered the hygiene of ice on planes until now, so I'm horrified and thank you. And also not <laughs> yeah, thank you welcome. for that. Yeah. Uh, and so usually I go for water, but they, it's always a bottle of water that when yeah. I whenever I've flown it, like it's never been like a pitcher, a pitcher. that I can remember. Yeah. Usually they have like a thing of mm-hmm. Dasani. When if I see if it's a thing of Dasani, I don't get it because I don't want my water to leave me thirsty. Um, so yep. then I will That's usually true. do cranberry juice or I also, you know, clearly we have a, I think we have a beverage of choice on this podcast, which is ginger ale. Cause that's my other yeah. go-to. Ginger ale's great. I just find too many of them are too sweet. So that's why I, you know, when you get away, if you get away from soda listeners and then you come back to it, you will be, most people, I would say, I feel comfortable saying most people would be shocked by how sweet it is. Cause you just stop mm-hmm. noticing it when you're drinking it all the time. Um, so that has made it like, unless I, you know, and I don't, I'm, I'm too cheap to pay for booze on a plane. <laughs> so, uh, like if I was doing a rum and Coke, then the sugar of the Coke, you know, balances, like there's a whole thing there, but like most of the time I don't want, um, the sweetness. So I go for like a, I, having said that, I go for like the sweetest juice, which is cranberry juice, um, or I go for the um, the ginger ale. I don't go for orange juice because I'm too picky about my orange juice. Sure, I'm very particular about yeah. my orange juice. So uh, me too. Yeah, that's what I go with. So I only really have two, but water from not a pitcher is will be my third. Mm-hmm. Well, listeners, this uh, segment about beverages is brought to you by SodaStream. 
<laughs> the official <laughs> yeah. sponsor of Streaming in Place, Soda Stream. Oh my God, <laughs> we really missed a branding opportunity. Yeah. Crap. Yeah, uh, Beam. I do expect a comment from you if you're still listening about your <laughs> preferred airplane beverage of choice when when we could go on airplanes. Um, yeah, back when that back was the when case. that was the case. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We need to talk about the show some more, I think. We do. Yes, we do. Well, let's talk about Jocelyn a little bit. I do want to get back to the yeah. mysteries, because, Noel, I haven't really heard your thoughts on the mysteries overall. Are you expecting us to get, like, you know, how? what's our episode countdown until we see scrolls? Oh, I feel like we're going to get them pretty soon, if not by the end of the season. Um, how many episodes are in this season again? I don't Ten. remember. Ten. Um, yeah, I feel like pretty soon. Um, that's my guess is definitely by the end of the season, if not like right before, like penultimate cable, um, the penultimate episode is the big thing. Um, so yeah, I feel like penultimate, if not by, um, whatchamacallit, um, Allison's taking a sip of her coffee. Mm. I just need caffeine. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm buying that one. I I, I wish I had some Baileys. I invented that line. (laughs) (laughs) I really do just need caffeine. Okay. Um, so yeah, no, I think pretty soon, um, again, the degree to which any of this is actually real, um, I think is like the actual alchemy of it, I think is a question, but just given the weirdness of the England Lodge, I feel like something's definitely up and they definitely think something's up at least at the English Lodge. Um, so they're buying into something, I think in a way that it has, um, whatchamacallit, um, diluted as the lodge has expanded. Um, and But the that lodge still believes in the true lodge or is the true lodge in some other capacity or like blindfolded, walk eight steps that way, another 10 steps the other way. Um, so that's how I kind of feel about it. So that's where I'm leaning towards. I can't explain the star water, but I also don't want to try. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, we also get some information on, on why it is that Larry has having such a strong reaction to Dud, mm-hmm. um, which happens to correspond with the Starwater, and which also involves one of my favorite details. And I think maybe this is when I decided that I think that Wyatt Russell is a great actor. Uh, and it's very specifically when he's running and you he has a very obvious i've had an injury for a long time and have learned how to run with it run like it's very specific Mm -hmm. and you get such a good shot of it and it's that's the kind of actor thing that makes me so happy like it's it is an injury that someone has had for a while it's not just that he can't put weight on his foot i loved it so much Mm -hmm. yeah i was like why are you thinking you're gonna outrun them they look fit you have a cart beat them in the cart um, well, they were <laughs> chasing them down pretty fast on the carts. Those carts don't That's go true. very fast. That's true. It's a good point. It's um, a good point. Yeah. Um, yes. The the Starwater, I intended to try to rewatch this before we Same. talked about it and was not able to. So uh, I have no idea what's going on with the Starwater or with the hole out of nowhere, or with coming out and all of a sudden there's lots of people there, who I think I was supposed to recognize, but I didn't. So I One of them was from the Lodge. In. Yeah, he got laid off from Orbis. Yeah. He's the one who was talking to Dud on his first day when he was collating files. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I just... I was like, are we supposed to think that he, like, touched the, the water or whatever, and that could be a step into a parallel dimension, and there's lots of different things it could be, or he's seeing things, and there's something in the lodge that causes people to hallucinate. I also thought it was interesting that um, we got revealed to us that Connie's 
like whatever she was seeing, those like halos or whatever, was apparently new to her. I had assumed that it was just part of her condition mm, that same. she was aware of. And so the fact that she went in for an eye checkup because she was seeing things and apparently that was a change was of interest to me. Ooh, I have a totally different read on that scene. Okay. I think she made an appointment with the eye doctor because she wanted to sit in a dark room and read a reassuring sign and talk to someone and tell them her secrets, right? Not actually because she needed an eye exam. Okay, okay. I thought that she was kind of doing both, but that makes more oh, sense. No. Okay. Yeah, I that was that was my read on it, but I can see the other points as well, and I think that that's whether it's intentionally ambiguous or not, I think is interestingly ambiguous because I just assumed that it was part of her illness. It just, yeah, because so did I. And so it just, as someone who's uh, self-employed and pays for my own health insurance and therefore doesn't have vision coverage uh, of, 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 any, of any sort of decent, you know, useful amount, uh, the notion that you would just go to the eye doctor because you, to feel, you know, like, it's like, oh, oh, that's a thing that some people do. Okay. That must be nice. Okay, never mind. <laughs> well, she did just get laid off, but I suspect she either has sweet health insurance through the marina, I mean, through her husband, or she was in a union newsroom, and so she's got Cobra, and she's just trying to knock out as many doctor's appointments as she can. God, the world is garbage. <laughs> um <laughs> She has a terminal illness. <laughs> Yay. Apparently terminal, I think, is the term yeah. she uses. Yeah. 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 Yikes. Um, what do we think about our the little time we got to spend with the mummy? I'm sorry, with the corpus. <laughs> uh, yeah, the flashback was really neat and... Uh, like the way it was shot, I thought worked really well. Lots of really great costume and production design touches. The performances are are really specific. Like they they feel like period performances, but within the world of the show. So that was neat. Um, and yeah, I mean, what a dick. <laughs> Please refer to me by my title. Anyone who needs you to prefer refer to them by their title while they're banging your mom, like I mean, come on. Yeah, Wally's just the worst. Like I'm okay yeah. that he got he died and maybe killed himself in in and mummified himself inside there. Um, who knows mystery. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's just he's a dick, and I appreciate I appreciate that Larry is just little Larry is just also a massive dick back. Like mm-hmm. yeah, no, this is the proper response to this adult asshole. Um, mm-hmm. But the other thing I really like about it is that we get to see the Lodge in a golden period. Like, it's maybe fondly remembered through the filter of Larry's memories to a certain degree. But it is also, like, the peak time of Lodges in the United States as well, in these kinds of organizations. Um, Like, memberships were real high because of the post-war boom. Um, and that degree of wanting to reconstitute a, a type of American society following the war. And Lodges played a big part in that. And so have, seeing the Lodge in full swing with everyone in Get Up, like you said, Kate, but also like it just being really populated as well, I think is just really huge and pays really leans in hard onto this idea of the Lodge as like a mythical place that has since fallen on, on, onto hard times. Um, but maybe if you believe hard enough and clap just enough, the magic mm. will come back. It'll wake back up. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I love that. Well, and then we also get a 
a little look at like the power of the lodges as it exists today in the final scenes when Ernie and Larry just go sit and have a couple beers and Larry looks at that falling apart birdhouse and it just man oof it gets me I love that end sequence the first time I saw that it just hit me right in the chest yeah no I had the same experience and I was it was slightly tempered by the fact that 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 birdhouse has survived really long. Uh, and I was very impressed by the craftsmanship and the materials um, that it was still there. But um, yeah, it just, it hit really hard. And I like, I knew as soon as like it was, I need a jump. I was just like, oh, Larry's done. I know it. I know it. And it was either the car is going to blow up, which seems really big for this show, or he's <laughs> just going to die. Um, and I was relieved that it was, he's just going to die. But then having Dud drive up at the same, at basically the same time to really drive home this concept of he's, he's, he's the connection to the True Lodge and he has arrived immediately upon my death is definitely a, a sign of some kind by the show to either mislead us or to mislead Ernie, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Kate, how did you feel about it? Oh, it was really beautifully played and timed and all of that good stuff. The scene actually, that was a really lovely scene, but the scene that I was surprised by even more and really appreciated was the transferal of uh, the mm-hmm. Sovereign Protector. Yeah. Because, I don't I mean, again, as someone who grew up Catholic and did oh, yeah. confirmation, right, and you're just told, uh, you know, I mean, maybe everybody, I'm sure everybody's experiences are different, but, like, a lot of places, I've heard this from many people besides myself, a lot of places you're just, you know, as you're sitting in religious ed for years and years and years, you're told, you know, of, the, like, the significance of the moment of confirmation, and then all of a sudden you are, like, a full member, and all, and then you're just like, oh, it's the same as any of the other time it's not like a magical it's like your investment in your religion and in your faith is a daily choice and a part of who you are it isn't some you know magical jujb moment with your with you know a cross on your forehead or whatever um and so the fact that they managed to actually convey a magical jujb moment for the two of them just how meaningful that moment seemed to be for them i was expecting it to be not that. I was expecting it to be maybe significant for one of them, or more specifically for Larry and Ernie to be like, huh. Um, and instead, I thought that it was really touching and a, a really intimate moment um, that just had held, held a lot of weight. I, I thought it was really well done. Yeah, I agree. Really well said, both of you. I don't think I need or want to add anything there. Um, should we talk any more about Liz? Um, yes. We talked a little bit about her accident, yes. but that's a big step for Liz. She called the corporate guy. Yay! Yeah. I love that we just never find out exactly what time it is that she's made this phone call. <laughs> it's so it's just, late. Yeah, it's, it's so got to be. It's got to be really late. Mm-hmm. It's got to be really late. She's at a. Yeah. She's at an ER in Los Angeles. It's got to be so late. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows when she got seen? Oh, you know what? Actually, we must know. It's got to be near dawn, right? Because she has because, to go back to work. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Surfer girl. I never remember her name. Ashley has to get in the water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Alice. 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 Yeah. yeah. Um, Which that's God, not oh, that scene with that scene with her dad. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah. 
No, I think oh. that there's a lot of good stuff with Liz, apart from the physical comedy bit that is also really well edited, as Kate said at the top, because uh, the timing for those cuts is just so good. Um, it's like Archer-level good comedic editing type <laughs> stuff. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, everything with Liz, and it's just such a relief when she makes that phone call, and the guy just apparently plays it off despite what time it is of, yeah, no, I was just staring, I was just staring at the ceiling in bed. It's just like, <laughs> okay, buddy, sure, but good, smooth, smooth. Um, but what I really like, apart from all of that stuff, is that really just deliriously honest and difficult to navigate conversation that she and Dud have, or should I say Sean, um, when he comes to get his stuff. <laughs> um, and just how really pointed it is, but also how steeped in tenderness, but also like familial affection, um, that, that conversation is just layers deep of resentment and love and I want what's best for you. Well, I'm doing what's best for me. You don't want what's best for you. All this kind of stuff. And it's just really powerful and potent watching it. And watching all of that on top of everything else that this episode does on like a character and an emotional level is just really impressive. Because that scene, I feel like, can get lost really quickly. Because A, it happens really early in the episode. And B, it doesn't have the same degree of like flashy fireworks. But I think that the choir mm-hmm. work, fireworks are just much quieter and i don't even like fireworks in general so quiet fireworks are my preference if i have to have fireworks yeah 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 no i agree really well said Mm. um any other thoughts before we start talking about that next episode title um and you hit me with those sweet i mean neither of you predicted dragon so i feel like now maybe you have a sense maybe you have a sense of uh exactly how wild you can get with these predictions um uh, poor Jocelyn. Oh, yeah. What a nightmare of a flight. Also, yeah. parents don't seem all that great either. No. Uh, no. Yeah. But, you know, he's living that rock star lifestyle, you know. Uh, <laughs> that jet setting. Yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> I also actually really liked the, like, I I, I don't want Liz to, to bilk Paul out of coffee and donuts for life, but I kind of want her to bilk him out of coffee and donuts for life um, because of that, you know, interaction um, and because because of how well she takes it, um, which is, you know, I think is actually speaks a lot to her growing awareness of where she's at and that she doesn't like, she isn't angry about that. She's like, yeah, I wouldn't want my daughter to be doing what I'm doing either, so... Cheers. Uh, so, so I just hope next time that she's in there, he just like brings her a donut or like won't ring her up or something. I don't know. I would like that to become a recurring bit. I don't think it will, but I think it would be funny if it did. It would be um, funny. And yeah, then the other thing that I'll say is not about this episode, but I really am hoping we get. I mean, maybe this is going to be like an episode eight or nine thing, but I really hope we get an update uh, from Blaze's herpetologist friend um, mm-hmm. soon because <laughs> that's one of those threads that I've been waiting for it to return and it's they've been busy with other things so far fair enough but mm-hmm. i'm hoping once we get a sense of who that the new guy is <laughs> that we also get a return to that thread as well noel any final thoughts yeah a uh, beautiful jeff does not deserve to meet the captain and it's not okay like well, do i'm we think not he's okay. gonna do we no, think he's, i think he's lost no. in the desert <laughs> i think beautiful jeff is no longer coming back because he's lost in the desert and beautiful jeff is not <laughs> equipped 
to survive in the desert. He is not, like, he hasn't even been in a mysterious SUV ride, right? Like, yeah, no. He's yeah. not ready. He, he's not ready. There's no <laughs> way he's ready for this. Or if he does meet the captain, he becomes ensorcelled by the captain and no longer works for the wholesaler. Like, uh, Michael Lee Kimmel is fun as Beautiful Jeff, but we, we have to, since we haven't yet, let's take a moment to shout out uh, Brian Doyle Murray, who is perfect as Bob. So good. And, and like, just the way he plays that, well, I'm going to start this conversation flattering Ernie and then fuck him over. It's yeah. definitely what's happening. Uh, that he man's plays, a pro. He's a professional. Plays like, it just right. Yeah. <laughs> He's been disappointing his employees for a long time. He's got a lot of practice. Do you think Ernie has that uh, commission check yet or still not yet? Absolutely no, not. No yeah. No way. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. Um, I'm excited to talk about the next one. Good title on the horizon. Uh, so give me your predictions, friends, for The Solemn Duty of the Squire. Hmm. Ooh. I mean, I imagine that some of it will have to be related to Larry's funeral. Maybe as the lowest ranked squire, he has some important role to play within the passing of the previous sovereign protector. Um, but also um, that Sovereign Protector transfer happened out of Scott's eyeline, which means that's yeah. a problem. That's going to be a big problem, and Scott's not going to be okay with it. Um, but I have to imagine that it somehow taps into um, what Dud is expected to do at Larry's funeral. Plus, he's got that great squire box now filled with cool shit. Like a like a like a Zippo lighter that stopped a bullet in Nam. <laughs> Maybe. 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 It's unclear. It definitely didn't. It um, definitely did not. Yeah. And not a Zippo lighter, but you know what it is. Yeah, a lighter. Butane lighter, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Um yeah. the uh yeah, I thought of the kid as well. Um and the I feel like we're gonna I feel like the title's re- referencing Dud, and I think the connection to the, the the lodge and the funeral, and um, you know, especially given how the show so far has paced its, do we tell the members of the lodge things? It's like always yes, immediately. So I imagine they will be immediately told about Larry's passing, um, and uh, I, I think that there will be parallels though with some of the stuff happening with Liz, and um, mm-hmm. and I would be surprised if we get too much with. Outside of the Lodge and Liz. I'm like, maybe we'll get Ernie stuff with his boss, but I'm I'm not anticipating that. I feel like this next one will be more centered, which might mean dragons again. Who knows? But, like, I feel like it'll be a Lodge-heavy episode, and that's all I got. Maybe we'll get get some Don Quixote, Sancho Panza kind of parallels in action. That'll be my out-there thing. That's a, that seems a very sensible out there thing to guess. Yeah. Uh, we will find out what, if anything, was right and whether or not there are more dragons when we come back next Monday to talk about Season 1, Episode 7 of Lodge 49, The Solemn Duty of the Squire. Um, have a good weekend. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.